All right, we can get started. Welcome to Be Now. Uh, my name is Arya, and I am joined today by my wonderful guest, Eric Ackner. And Eric, uh, so you have this strong presence in the startup community in Chengdu, and recently you went to, you went back to Berlin in Germany. And uh, so let the listeners know, uh, yeah, what do you do? And um, yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on, on the podcast here. Um, really, really glad to join. Uh, right. I'm, I'm a German. I, I've lived a long time in Berlin. And in uh, 2010, I actually um, moved the first time to China. And then I was in and out, but since 2014, pretty constantly, since more than five years already. And very quickly, uh, I have joined the, the startup community over there. So my first engagement was with a Startup Weekend, which I just joined as a participant. And I just loved the, the whole event, you know, the energy in the room, right. the people joining. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, shortly after this, I just became an organizer myself. So and then the step by step, I expanded to other events like Startup Grind and Fuck Up Nights. And all of them really were lots of fun. But um, in the middle of 2017, I joined then full-time as a program director of a European startup accelerator. So we were helping basically startups to expand and scale uh, to China. Uh, and Startup Bootcamp basically is the name. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, you got a special energy, man. Um, like you said, like when I see you at these events, like you're always like have, are having so much fun. <laughs> Like there's this uh, light spirit about you and, and your ability yeah. to connect people. I don't know. I, I just feel I get a lot of energy out of these events. You know, it, it gives you immediate um, gratification. I mean, you organize these events. Of course, it's like hard work. But when you're at the event and you see so many happy people and you see they're not just having fun, but also like making friends, you know, having really, really meaningful conversations. I don't know. I, I just love to see this. And this is... Um, yeah, e enough for me to, to get back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I want to talk with you about, um, like, you know, like I got a chance to talk with Eric. So I, I picked two main points I want to talk with you about. Mm -hmm. One being um, bal finding balance in a startup. And the second is about mentorship. Um, okay. Before we get into that, um, yeah, how did you discover um, this startup path for yourself? How did it speak to you? How did you sort of find your journey through it? Um, I was just impressed that I can actually use my own sort of hands or knowledge to to build something on myself. And, you know, my family is not very entrepreneurial. My, my parents, they, they have like normal jobs. Uh, one is a plumber, one taking care of elderly people. Um, but my older brother, he was the first one opening his own company, you know. And I was just really impressed that he's able to... Um, take holidays when other people can't. And he's like, okay, I, I don't have to get up uh, this morning at eight if I don't want to. And I was like, wow, it's, it's you know, super interesting to see that you can basically build your own lifestyle. And um, because of this, I joined doing my bachelor studies, uh, a, a course called entrepreneurship. And our professor over there, he was really, really good um, teaching the, the first basics, introducing us to some interesting startups. And then uh, the, the course task was to join the startup and help them to write a business plan. And they were basically then competing in, in a couple of pitch competitions. Uh, it was really fun for me. 
And from there on, I, I just decided, okay, this is, this is something I, I also want to do. Gotcha. So a mix of seeing how it's working out in someone else's life and then having a, a first-hand taste for yourself. Yeah. So I got, I got to know that it just takes a little bit of inspiration to basically uh, get a shift in mindset. And from there on, I, that, that's also one of the reasons I'm doing all, the, all of these events. You know, I just want to provide inspiration for other people to take on the same path and then realize, okay, uh, entrepreneurship or doing startups is, is actually another career path that I can pursue. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember um, you were saying how, so you're a big cycler, right? Yeah. I'm just and yesterday, I was cycling 40, 40 kilometers in Berlin. <laughs> 40 kilometers, just in one day. Yeah. So I was cycling to different meetings and yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, it's a little bit cold right now in the winter. <laughs> right. I can imagine. <laughs> uh, uh, and how do you like to, in the startup world? Um, there is a big thing about hustle and grind and mm. just struggling <laughs> through the whole journey. Yeah. And uh, while that has, you know, that's valid, um, I wonder if there is a point of balance where, because I have a story to share and I wonder yeah, what your point would be, but what's your initial thought on finding balance in the entrepreneurship journey? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually interesting that there's sort of two different ways e- evolving, right? Um, many founders, they think, oh, hustling is now the, the thing you have to do. You need to work every, every day, every week, 80 hours, 90 hours, and show everybody uh, how hard you're working. And on the other side, uh, all these big companies, they're actually trying to reduce your, your work time um, for good reasons. You know, it's good for your mental health, uh, wants to give you time for your own family. So it's actually a, a great question, which of the approaches is the, the right one? Mm. And um, I don't think there's a right answer to either the one or the other. And it's more about uh, yourself. You know, you need to decide um, if you want to build a, a startup, you have to do what it takes. And if, if you're able to do this in working 30 to 40 hours, then you shouldn't work more, you know, spend time. Um, to with your with your friends and family and also uh, have your own hobbies because of these hobbies you can like see new things and because of seeing new things you might get like new ideas and inspiration to actually improve your startup on the other side um, if it will take you like 56 or 70 hours to to build your startup well I, I think then you also should do it you know if you're really committed and convinced that uh, you want to build this uh, this product, this company, then it might take you f- uh, one or two years of really hustling through. And um, in very often, it's perseverance. You know, you just work harder. You work maybe a little bit more than uh, than other people, and that's the reason why you are successful and not the others. But in in the end, I think it's like really up up to you. Um, I personally, I I sometimes work a lot, but I also take like time off for myself and. Just decide, okay, uh, actually, the, the next three or four days, uh, I want to spend time with my girlfriend and we just take, take a trip into the mountains and so on. So I, I try to find my balance in like maybe really tough weeks, but also very relaxed weeks. Mm-hmm. So do you kind of like listen to your body? Like what's your, uh, like your um, compass that lets you find that balance? Um, it's more of a project-to-project based uh, approach. So if I know that, uh, let's say, in, from now in February, I have a very big uh, event coming through or like a big project, 
then okay. I, I just work this for for weeks, for example, through, and then afterwards I, I take a bit of time off. And I think this is actually a nice lifestyle, you know. You you work hard, you you actually learn a lot of new things, you achieve something, and then afterwards uh, you take a week or two off to to celebrate this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like there are these like focused periods and then also yeah. flexible to kind of take a break. Yeah, I don't think many people can actually do this. So these focused weeks, sometimes I'm really Monday to Sunday uh, working on things, um, but I'm okay. I mean, I, I do lots of sports. I I think my my mental and physical fitness just enables me to do, to go through these kind of uh, you know areas. And I'm still trying so to get my seven hours of sleep. So that's uh, also important. You get a lot of sleep. Yeah, seven hours at least. Nice, nice. So sleep, physical exercise. Yeah, these two elements seem to really radiate in your, um, in your presence when you're holding these events. Yeah. Yeah, I think this just gives me a lot of energy. And I, I can feel right. it also that sometimes I have a bit more energy maybe than other people. And I'm willing to like you know help them with this and give give some of my energy to them this is okay right see that's the thing like like i'm an, i'm an introvert and uh, so i had to sort of uh me too like find my many people don't know but i'm actually also an introvert <laughs> really yeah but if i have to <laughs> i can be an extrovert but i i love so my time alone switch? so there's a switch uh that you turn on like when you gotta get social yeah, but I had to learn this, um, you know, being on stage and uh, basically leading something. Uh, I, I felt very, very uncomfortable a couple of years ago. But, um, you know, I just forced myself to go on stage or like uh, do public speaking more and more. And then you get used to it. You know, you train yourself. And now I, I feel comfortable enough to basically to just do it when, whenever I have to. Mm hmm. Yeah, it becomes, it's kind of like a muscle, right? It yeah. becomes trained and you can use it at will. Yeah, but I really, I hated doing like public speaking. You know, you know, um, when you go to family events, for example, you know, and then there's like 40, 50 of, of all your relatives and then they ask you to stand up and uh, tell a story and you feel super uncomfortable. You start sweating. And I, I was this kind of uh, person, I, I hated to do this. And, <laughs> but, uh, you know, because I knew if I want to really build something or help the community to, to grow and to connect, I have to be on stage. And that's why I was forcing myself to, to get out of it. Mm -hmm. So it was the motivation to connect with people. Uh, yeah. And to basically help the community to grow and kind of lead the community, you know. You need somebody to, to step up and, and uh, let everybody know, okay, this is a safe place and we were all working together for... For like something a good purpose mm -hmm. yeah speaking to that point yeah like creating a sense of safety where anyone can share their ideas and people can make mistakes and learn mm -hmm. from them yeah how does that play into a leadership uh, skill like um the sort of uh, creating space for connection um i mean i feel it starts with uh, encouragement and Many, many people or companies are telling you, ah, you, you should try, you should fail. But, you know, if you fail, then, then they're actually punishing you. And this is a very, very wrong approach because if you get punished once, if you try, you will not try it again. And I, I just believe in, like, uh, letting let people try. And, you know, if I see they need maybe help on the way, 
then I try to step in as a coach or mentor, but in the end, they should take the responsibility. And even if right. the outcome is maybe not 100% of, you know, what, you, what you're looking for, um, it's okay because it's maybe the first time somebody tried it and I know that the second and third time they, they will improve. So right. it's, it's just a slow approach. And I also believe in keeping things in the independent. That's why I love doing Startup Grind. You know, we don't belong to, to any company. We don't like uh, exclusively work with big companies or investors and so on. No, we are actually there to bring everybody uh, on, on the table. And by doing so, I think you gain trust of every stakeholder, everybody in, inside this community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's, that's a crucial thing. So um, the story I wanted to share. So years ago, um, back in San Diego, uh, I was at a coffee shop. And <clears throat> I was just working, working there with my cousin. And uh, suddenly there, there's this um, uh, guy behind me. And he starts kind of, uh, you know, talking to people kind of loudly. And, yeah. um, and then we started talking to get together. And he seemed, seemed very extroverted and social. And uh, it was easy. You know, we just kind of had this uh, spark, this conversation. And he ended up, uh, he's a, has a startup with an AI um, startup, he's running it. And um, we started talking about how in as a company, there's this, the problem he's facing is the high turnover. Yeah. And also there's the implementation problem that people aren't fully engaged with what they're, what they're doing. Mm. And he's unhappy, you know, he's not uh, satisfied with um, just his, uh, with his lifestyle, you know, he's working too much. Yeah. And so, um, and, and <laughs> to top that off, he wants, you know, to, uh, to be his company to become a unicorn within two years, right? <laughs> so this unicorn thing is kind of this, uh, uh, you know, everyone wants to be a unicorn, have this billion dollar exit, right? Mm. And so I asked him, what if you, you know, get that billion dollar exit in five years and you maintain your vitality and your happiness and there's trust and engagement in your company and less turnover, right? Mm. And, or the two-year thing which you're doing now, which one would you choose? And he looked at me and he said, two years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So I feel it's kind I mean, of a sloppy choice, dream. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, I think, uh, actually a very unhealthy development. And, um, but the good thing is many startups and founders, they're now uh, against unicorns, but they're pro-zebras, they call it, you know, because zebras are real animals. They're black and white. Um, they're doing something sustainable. And these founders are trying not to take any uh, outside investment in order to um, more of, pursue like a sustainable goals and maybe uh, something that they think is good for for the world and and for themselves but not just you know running after the money and and like unsustainable hmm. sustainable growth so i think there's I a that. shift in, in mindset yeah <laughs> hmm. that's good to hear it's good to hear many more zebras in the world yeah great <laughs> <laughs> right. so speaking to that point that's like a nice little segue um yeah what is the process of mentorship so mentors, uh, I, I think they know how to ask the right questions. And with, with their own experience, they're not trying immediately to, to give answers, uh, but let you yourself think about it. Um, right. You know, a simple example is, is I just return the question to you. What do you think uh, should the right mentor do? And then you start thinking about it, come up with uh, your own answers, and then 
as a coach or mentor, you just maybe help or guide uh, on, on finding the answer. And you get like, it's, it's a very nice feeling for, for the person because you get confirmation. You know, you get like, okay, yeah, right. I think you're on the right way, but maybe you should also consider this. So from a coaching per perspective, um, there's always a, a couple of good questions that, that you can ask to, to help uh, people think about what, what they're actually doing. But it's, it's always a two-way relationship, you know? Um, you cannot be a good mentor if the person you're trying to, to help a mentor is actually not coachable or doesn't really want to have a mentor. That's something, um, you know, especially in investors or partners are always trying to see in, in founders or in people leading a company, how open are they actually to like receive feedback and discuss maybe new ideas or like even negative feedback. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a, a, kind of a test of the ego, right? I mean, yeah. if my ego is big and like I'm doing everything perfectly, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of difficult to receive, uh, yeah, counter feedback. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, the thing that really, I mean, um, the thing I'm realizing about, because I teach at the university and I'm mm -hmm. uh, seeing a lot of kids who are, um, you know, traveling abroad and wanting to study abroad. And um, in this experience, you know, a lot of things are new and it's kind of this chance to adapt. I mean, uh, in the life of an entrepreneur, it's the same thing. You're constantly learning and adapting. Mm -hmm. And um, the two things that keep coming up again and again for me is the sort of assertiveness to the learning journey, like um, knowing when to say yes and when to say no and the underlying why behind each seems crucial. Like uh, the focusing on what matters most, like 99% of the things around us don't actually matter, you know? And so focusing on the 1%, that's gonna make the greatest. Uh, I think you kind of alluding on this, uh, I sat in one of your talks um, during sort of weekend. You were working in one startup and you guys were, you know, uh, working hard, um, but you weren't getting a lot of return. And then on a different project, in a different startup, you worked on just on some like small, uh, on a different set of priorities and you started seeing a greater return. Yeah. And it was because of the way you shifted your focus, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, in general, I think people that are, you know, founders or have uh, great ideas, the, the problem is, they're trying to jump or like to realize all of them. And this is very uh, disturbing. Mm. You know, you, you can't really focus on this. And I mean, there's a simple technique. Uh, it's called the focus matrix. You know, it's basically uh, having you think about, okay, um, what is not urgent, but very important. Uh, but many people are doing things that are important and very urgent, but by doing so, they're keeping, they're losing track of like the next three or five years of what they really should think about. Uh, let me give you a very simple example. Um, let's say you're a student and you want to go abroad. Um, one thing you have to do is maybe learning a language. So should you learn the language um, one month before you go abroad or like three years in advance? You know, th these three years of advance, it doesn't feel very urgent, but it's, it's very important. So that's why maybe you don't really have the motivation because you don't see a point. And a simple trick uh, to make it more urgent to you is just to break it down, you know? And instead of uh, looking at the three years, you just break it down into maybe monthly or weekly uh, milestones that you have. And this helps you to, to focus on this long-term goal. 
So kind of like chunking your time. Right. And yeah, this, so this matrix, focus matrix, it's a very uh, interesting uh, concept. Like Warren Buffett and so on, they're, they're also using this. Um, they're just saying uh, only 10% actually in the world uh, are able or like, uh, you know, willing, willing to do, do so. And these people are in general quite successful. Focus matrix. Yeah, I think I've seen that before. It's the kind of the, the cross table of urgency and what's important. Right, right. yeah. Good. Yeah, I think this is kind of crucial. Like, uh, yeah, like focusing on what's most important and kind of balancing it with the uh, shifting priorities. Right? Mm -hmm. So just to circle back to uh, the example that you mentioned, um, you know, in the situation I was uh, back then, I was also just chasing any opportunity. So let's say somebody um, wanted me to hand a proposal for, for a problem or for an event or project they had and we just we just did all of them without stepping back and thinking hey is that actually um useful for me does it really make sense to do so and what are the chances or the outcome of, of doing this and you know we had maybe 10 or 20 projects then uh, that we tried to uh, get done but what, what happened is we couldn't do any of them right uh, instead what we should have done is focus on one or two projects that we really like to do and that we see okay uh, we can contribute some value and like we get appreciated for doing this and if we would have done so from the beginning uh, uh the, you know the whole project would have been more successful mm -hmm. so saying no when it's necessary yes. and yes to the things you really like to do yes and this is very difficult yeah. in the beginning <laughs> because maybe the clarity of the vision or what's what's yeah. why is that difficult because you just want to make things happen. You, you are in the illusion of, uh, you think, okay, if I work more time on more projects, uh, it means success for my company, which is not true. Mm. 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 So it sounds like, uh, like working smarter instead of working harder. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Yeah, I like that, I like that distinction. Um, yeah, instead of reacting and scrambling to do things, instead taking a step back and being like, okay, what, why are we really doing this? Mm. And yeah. it's also helpful, uh, let's say you have finished a project and then just with the whole team, um, you know, do a very uh, long and like precise feedback round. Okay, what went well, what went wrong? How can we improve? Should we do this again? Is this something we want to do? And then you actually know which direction you want to move together as a team. And this is, uh, you know, like, like you mentioned in, in San Diego, the, the startup you've mentioned before, this kind of uh, teamwork people in, in your company is the only thing that you can, uh, that can drive you forward. You know, if you don't have alignment in your team, then it, it will break. So if you want to really, really uh, become a unicorn within two years and you don't have a team that believes in this, you will never make it happen. Could you talk a bit about uh, like any mentors that you've had, Eric, and like how they helped you shape your um, quest? Yeah, I mean, uh, luckily because of Startup Grind, I'm actually getting in touch with really amazing people. So they have built like uh, multi-million dollar companies or like other very impressive uh, things. And I'm, you know, the, the biggest challenge I think that everybody has is to ask for help. 
um, because sometimes mm. we don't like to be vulnerable, you know, showing that we might struggle and uh, have problems. And it, it took me also some time to just be open about it and like ask, ask for help. If, I, if I'm struggling on a project, I can't get moved forward or I know I need help from, for people to move forward, mm. just ask. And the worst thing that can happen is um, maybe they don't have right now the, the time, but uh, that's okay. You know, uh, at least they know that uh, you're open and you, you see actually is kind of a mentor um, in, in, in you or in them. And one of the people, for example, that um, was helping me a lot is uh, his name is Trevor Owens. He's, um, he was starting a, another event series actually called Lean Startup Machine. He has spread it in 100 countries uh, all over the world, teaching basically people how to do customer validation and, and start a startup also. And he luckily moved to Shanghai and he came also to Chengdu. And I, I was oft, often basically uh, with my projects and not even projects, just my general thoughts, you know, trying to get advice from him. Hey, uh, you know, if you were in my place, what, what would you do? And um, yeah, he's a very smart guy trying to, to give me like hints uh, how I could, could approach this. Yeah, I like your point on uh, just asking for help. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because we don't, I think one of my favorite, you know, we're always realizing things. One of my favorite recent realizations is um, um, just being aligned with people who don't have it figured out. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, no one's got it all figured out. And some of us accept that. And it makes it a lot easier to sort of, um, to just be okay with being imperfect. Yes. Mm. But people feel so very that, uncomfortable yeah. in this, you know? Very uncomfortable. <laughs> Say again? Yeah, people just feel very uncomfortable with this kind of realization and then reaching out to people that seem, oh, they seem so successful and so grand, you know, how, how could you dare to talk to them? Like, this is not, mm. the, not the point. They, these people actually want to help you. They have been in, mm. in, in, in their shoes uh, the same. Mm. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. I had the same feeling towards you, man. Because <laughs> you're like you're like omnipresent. You're like everywhere, doing every, so many things. And I'm like, man, it'd be cool to talk with Eric. Mm -hmm. um, but like your support has always been has been always been there. And like, um, and yeah, I just want to say that thank you for just so much of your support in Chengdu. I think you've activated the community here so well. And um, and uh, now that you left, like some, you know, we're gonna try to try to fill your shoes. In some way and speaking on that note uh so there's another um startup weekend startup startup weekend yeah coming yeah. up in march yeah and i was asked to volunteer in there mm -hmm. and uh, i was given a list of you know tasks i could do and you know my intrigue toward mentorship i cho chose the you know find mentor for the event cool and so and so speaking on uh, asking for help any suggestions you would have for me <laughs> on finding great mentors for the event um, uh, if I'm right, uh, this uh, event will be more about um, female entrepreneurs, right? Or like, yeah, women, like sure, a yeah. women edition. Uh, anyways, for, for me, mentors or to find mentors is always about, okay, who actually in, in your environment um, has built a company before um, is actually very open in giving back. And this is kind of difficult, you know? So we were trying to find mentors uh, that give legal support, that give uh, maybe accounting, finance support, investors. So need, you need to find friendly people 
that understand that you know it's very difficult for for these people to start start off and um yeah but it's it's easy to find out if you just tell them your expectations so usually these mentors why you know you need to ask yourself why do they want to join why should they bother of spending let's say a saturday afternoon to go to startup weekend and and like help these people and very often uh, they, they have the same motivation. So it's either about giving back, maybe in, through their journey of success, they have been helped. So now it's, you know, they're, they're part of uh, giving back and helping others. Um, if it's, for example, uh, let's say you're in a certain industry and these people just want to hear and see, okay, what's actually happening outside of my industry just to get new ideas, then uh, Startup Weekend is amazing to, to learn about what, where the future could go. And this can actually give you an advantage to, to other uh, companies in your industry. Um, maybe you can find even clients, you know? So if these startups are getting successful and they, they will think, think about you um, if, if they need help in, in certain areas. Or if you're an investor and you're looking for promising, not just startups, but also founders, you know? Maybe this time it's, it's, uh, they are not successful, but if you can see how they're like working in a team how, what they can accomplish in just three days, uh, you can you can uh, already get a good picture of um, this founder. Maybe can can be successful in another startup. So it, all of this is always a, a long journey. You know, things don't come to realize maybe in like one month or three months. Things these kind of things take years. Right, just planting seeds. Yeah. Yeah. There's a recent a quote I read somewhere. It was about the attitude of planting a seed without expecting to sit under the shade of the tree right away oh yeah i love that good well thanks for sitting down with me eric um yeah. it was a pleasure yeah i enjoyed it thank you you you're asking great questions thank you <laughs> <laughs>